2: The Illini are
3: 6-1. Well, here we are with a 6-1 Illini football team. Scott Beatty, Evan Kahn, Michael Martin, Fasteners, etc. Postgame show is coming up in just a moment with your thoughts and reactions. But first, our rapid reaction on this and I am not surprised that Illinois covered. I'm not surprised that Illinois won this football game. But when you zoom out, I'm a little surprised this team is 6-1 and one compared to what I thought coming into this season. I don't know if they're surprised, but this is something incredible that Illinois has put together. And this was another dominant performance in a lot of facets.
4: Michael Martin. Well, i got to say that uh, I'm going to eat some crow. Uh, after the Indiana game, I uh, thought to myself, this is a game that we're going to regret losing when it comes to bowl eligibility. Well, I was wrong. It's a game that we're going to regret when it comes to Big Ten play and how big of a bowl we can get to. So uh, I'm just overall impressed with this type of team. Uh, those are good problems to have. I'm happy to eat that crow every day of the week. Um Just an overall team win. Have a a few corrections here and there, but overall just dominated uh, both sides of the ball and just very impressed by this win. Evan Kahn.
5: Yeah, I I think a a lot of Illinois fans are are eating crow just uh, essentially because of of what they've seen from Illinois football in the past, and today was not that. Illinois did not shoot themselves in the foot. They controlled the, the tempo of the game. They controlled... The, the possession time of the game, I mean, just insane. 40-plus minutes of having the ball on offense. And, and you can see that this team is, is believing in everything that the, the coaching staff is, is preaching. And you love to see it. I, I don't think anybody had Illinois at 6-1 and one at, at this point. And if you did, I hope you put money on it. And, <laughs> and we're, we're going to keep riding the, the rest of the way because I think all bets are off at this point.
3: You know, but let, let's be real, guys. Don't get excited. You, you can never. Excited. You can't be excited can't about excite. wins. You've no, only just no, won Three consecutive mm. conference games in Division Four. It doesn't matter. No, five games in a row. Don't don't get too excited because they're only six and one. <laughs> six and one. My goodness, was not a perfect game. There were mistakes, but Illinois responded again, and they are rolling into a bye week. We want to hear from you. Fasteners, etc. Post game show. The fan line is 217 356 9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 217 351 5357. Our rapid reaction is brought to you by Cozad Asset Management. For over 45 years, striving to serve financial needs and build lasting relationships with clients, you're up next on the Fasteners, etc. Post game show.
6: Give me that mic. I'm never going to shy away from a mic. So.
7: <laughs> fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for fighting Illini athletics. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Now it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Fasteners Etc., your partner in inventory management. Call us with your thoughts, 217-356-9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, the Fasteners Etc. postgame Show, with your hosts, Scott Beatty, Evan Kahn, and Michael Martin from the Gopher 40
2: after the first down. DeVito fakes to Brown. Now he's going to throw back to Brown. He's open. Wheel round. Got it. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown. 40 yards. Chase Brown.
3: was on the first drive of the game. It capped off a nine-play, 75-yard drive in which Chase Brown accounted for 64 of the 75 yards. Illinois led 7-0. They eventually would trail 14-13 early in the third quarter. And then they score 13 more unanswered and win this football game 26-14, the Illini are six and one they are bowl eligible they win on homecoming and they're three and one in front in the big 10 west so glad to have you with us i'm scott Beatty, along with evan Kahn and michael martin fasteners etc. cetera post game show your turn to chime in 217-356-9397 let's go to the phones first up it's our friend benny in Champagne. Hey, Benny.
8: Hey, Scott, how are you? Hello, Evan, and hello, Michael. I, I just, I'm so proud to be wearing the orange and blue today, and I just want to say that. Fred Bielema and this coaching staff have put the fight back into fighting the line of football. We are going bowling. I am so proud of this season and what we have accomplished today. Brett Bielema deserves to be the coach of the year. I am so proud and proud to be wearing the orange and blue and I just have a compliment for P.J. Flick. I respect him as a person. I respect him. Him as a coach but today the boat has been sank today there's no row in the boat today and thank you for taking my call we're going bowling go line eye
4: well benny you. i don't think we we could have said it better ourselves vibes are high in champagne uh, enjoy this win benny um and yes the uh the boat did get sunk uh today i saw plenty of after that uh, clinching uh, interception from Quan Martin. I saw a few players on the sideline uh, doing the Blake Hayes row, <laughs> row, row your boat and break the oar across their their uh, legs. So um, just a great overall team win, and uh, we're right. Well, I won't speak for everyone else, but I'm right there with you, Benny.
5: I thought you were starting to to start a, a nursery rhyme there, Michael. I, I know <laughs> you're you're a newly minted dad, but that that almost flowed perfectly together.
3: 815 Texture says, this Illinois team is allowing me to dream of what can be. I've not had this feeling in a very long time. This feels different than all the previous times they were good. It feels like it's sustainable, and the good days are back. 719 says, great Illini win, solid game plan and execution on both sides of the ball. Oski, wow, wow. And Paul in Seattle, goal Illini, get well-rested with a focus on another Illinois win in two weeks. We'll get more texts coming. Back to the phones. T-Town is where we find Matt. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Doing great. You're on the air. What are your thoughts or questions?
8: Well, uh, no questions. Illini are bowling. You're 6-1. Should be 7-0, but I'm not going to get to that. Uh, he's kind of like the BTO back in of overdrive, taking care of business, man. That's what they need to do, and they they got the job done. Go Alana.
3: Were you at the game? Yeah, yes, sir. How did you how How did you feel the the crowd was today compared to to last Saturday night?
8: Well, uh, I thought it was a kind of equal, but today just felt different because we're going bowling. You know, it, it just feels great.
3: Absolutely. Hey, Matt, thanks for weighing in. Anything
8: else? Nope, go on. And thank you for all you guys do. You guys are awesome. Thank you.
3: Well, appreciate it very much. We're always especially, we especially seem to do a good job after Illinois wins. I say we're really good at (laughs) that. Don't
5: don't leave that open for interpretation.
4: (laughs) Well, gentlemen, I will say this about our particular program. We have fielded some very, very difficult losses, um, and, um, you know, it's nice to have... And some uh, difficult wins. <laughs> yes, it's a very difficult wins. This, um,
5: But this was not. This no. was not a difficult win whatsoever against the team that I, I'm i pretty sure everybody had as the best team that Illinois has faced so far this yep, year. they were. And, and they imposed their will in all three facets of the game.
4: Yeah, uh, it was just a, an overall impressive win. Um, this was the best offense that we've probably faced. Uh, maybe not the best quarterback um, he i will update uh the Tanner Morgan situation he went down with a pretty uh, bad head injury uh shortly but overall uh just mo Ibrahim, uh just he's the real deal uh maybe one of the best running backs we'll see until uh michigan but um this team handled business and outside of a few mistakes, uh they did a good job executing. Uh and uh um, quick update on Tanner Morgan, the uh Minnesota quarterback that went down um, with a head injury. Uh he got taken to a local medical facility. They kept it vague. Um we can all make our assumptions about which one that is, but uh he's uh we re- we've been told that he was alert that his wife was with him and that his mom was with him. Um so uh I'm not sure if he'll end up making that trip back to minneapolis to, today, but our thoughts and prayers are mm-hmm. with him because you regardless of who's against who's wearing the other colored jersey on uh on uh on game day you you don't want to see something like that yeah. so um we our thoughts and prayers are with him and hoping he has a speedy recovery uh, and uh can get back as soon as possible but um, Looks like he took an arm to the head. Yeah, he
3: yeah, on the replay, it wasn't the first hit; it was the second one. It was not intentional, but no, it was kind of a casualty of football.
4: Yep. So, um, but we're we'll we'll move on to uh, a few more texts and uh, maybe a caller. But um, uh, yeah, just an overall great team win. I gotta say, two one seven says line up for the orange Kool Aid and another
3: 2177 seven says let it be known that this Illinois defense is legit great win dominant performance with more than 300 yards of total offense than the gophers row on back to minneapolis pj <laughs> brett Bielman now 9 and 0 in his lifetime against wisconsin and 2 and 0 with illinois
4: 11 and 0 if you count his time as a uh, defensive coordinator for wisconsin yep
3: <laughs> look out when the man comes around Uh, All right, time for our MX Electrifying Player of the Game. Phone lines are open. You can jump in, 217-356-9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 217-351-5357. Our Electrifying Player of the Game, MX Electric, wants to be your electrician when you're in need of electrical service for both residential and commercial projects. Call them at 359-7293 to schedule your project. And remember, relax. Call Max. Once again, we find ourselves in a position where we could go a number of directions, and I think the obvious candidates here are not wrong. I know where I'm voting, but I can't disagree with you, I think, if you want to go a different direction. So, uh, Evan, why don't you go first?
5: Uh, I'll give the most controversial take then in that case, and I'd give the player of the game to the man who rose from the dead and made the start and kept the offense going all day, and that's Tommy DeVito. Uh, he, He made some key... Fourth down passes that turned into points. He doesn't make those passes. Illinois doesn't get points. This game looks uh, very differently. I know Chase Brown continues to get a hundred yards when you put it in, in his belly forty-one times in a game. I kind of hope that he gets there. But I, I thought it was the pass play, the way that DeVito kept drives going. I, I, I'd give the player of the game to him,
4: Michael Barton. I can't really, uh, I can't really argue with that. Um, uh, I would have to. I'll, I'm going to give some credit to Chase Brown. Um, I'm not sure where Scott was going to go with it, but 41 rushes for uh, a net of 180 yards, which is just absolutely bananas um, when it comes to a Big Ten workload. Um, We're dying for Josh McCray to come Mm -hmm. back, and I keep keep making a fool of myself because pre-games with Lauren, I'll be like, oh, is it sustainable for him to – get the ball that much he other than the 41 uh carries i think he had 44 total touches today Yeah, three catches Uh, yeah including one for a touchdown so um i'll give it to chase just because he's been an absolute workhorse for this team
3: i'm gonna split the baby here and 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 give him co-honors but my 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 leaning was tommy devito i thought this was one of the finest games that we've seen a quarterback at for Illinois in recent history, certainly Tommy DeVito's uh, for sure. And you add on the layer of uh, maybe he was a little gimpy. Maybe it was all uh, gamesmanship, but uh, Tommy <laughs> DeVito uh, came back here and I, to me, it didn't look like he could run a hundred percent, but he made some throws today and his receivers made some catches. And then I, uh, you know, it's not a, it's one thing to be uh, a really good running back. It's another thing to know they're going to have to rely on him. And and Chase Brown is just he's in he's sixth all time now in career yards for Illinois, and he just vaulted past a bunch of guys today with another performance like this. Uh, you know, it, it, to borrow a phrase from what we were doing a post game last year, it's like, well, do we give it again to Kofi Coburn with <laughs> another 20 and 10 performance? You know, but we, you can't you cannot overstate how good Chase Brown has been. But if he is in case he's feeling a little snubbed by sharing it, he's getting conversation about Heisman and the Doak Walker. So hopefully hopefully that's consolation for Chase Brown if he doesn't get the sole possession of the MX electrifying player of the game on our post-game show.
5: We know the crowning achievement in all of college sports is the MX electrifying player of the game. So (laughs) as tough as it is, we will
2: break it in half and we'll give it to the combo out of the backfield. From the gopher 40 after the first down, DeVito fakes to Brown. Now he's going to throw back to Brown. He's open. Wheel round. Got it. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown. 40 yards. Chase Brown. On the second play of the year against Wyoming, and the Illini lead six 0
3: Great performance today by the Illini offense. All right, we've got phone lines to get to, and we've got more texts to get to. Illinois relishing a 26 to 14 victory over the Gophers. The Illini have won five in a row, and they're three and one in Big Ten play. And we are back with you after this.
7: The conversation about today's game continues on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Join in by calling the First State Bank Illini fan line, 217-356-9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357.
2: Here comes the rush, and a delayed handoff. Morgan he throws, heaves it up for grabs. It is intercepted, I think. Is it? Oh! Yes, it is. By Illinois. Boy, that was up for grabs. Somebody got it. it was a Kendall Smith. Again, Kendall Smith. Kendall Smith.
3: Three interceptions on the day for the Illini secondary. Kendall Smith with his Big Ten leading fourth of the season. Quan Martin with a heck of a play in the fourth quarter. Late in the ball game to get one. And then the final one of the game from Sidney Brown. To seal it, Illinois wins 26-14 over the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Scott, Evan, and Michael here with you from our Champagne Studios and Memorial Stadium, and we head back to the phones two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Paul is all the way in Seattle. Hello, Paul. You're on with us.
9: Hey guys. Hi from Smoky Seattle. Hey, um, don't feel so bad about eating crow. I equally had predicted Illinois being five and seven for the season. So. I'm pleasantly eating a big helping of crow, and I'd like to say that if we uh,
0: knock off Purdue, I'll book my flight to the Big Ten championship game
10: in Indianapolis.
0: All
3: right. Well, it, it's a very nice airport. <laughs> yeah, Indianapolis is a great airport. I say that so not a, not a bad city either. We saw a textured Paul say, uh, "Paul, uh, uh, that I'm eating crow and it's delicious." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a big
9: helping. Thanks, yeah. guys.
3: All right. Yeah, you cannot by any stretch rule out Indianapolis right now. By far and away it was not expected. Uh, I'd raise my hand that, that I, I wasn't even planning for it. But right now, Illinois in the driver's seat for it. We keep it up here on the phones. Alan's in Montrose. Hey, Alan.
9: Well, Dave, before the season started, Steve Kelly and Lawrence Tate asked me my prediction what our record would be. I said, well, if we have good quarterback play, whether it's DeVito or Sitkowski, we could possibly win eight games. And if we don't have good quarterback play, probably just four games. Well, they kind of poo pooed me on the uh, eight-win situation, but turns out I may be wrong on either end. <laughs> it's quite possible we may win more than eight games.
5: Well, we were talking, and it's been so long ago, but I think Vegas had the over-under at like three and a half. Four and, a half, I was four and a half. Four and a half. Okay, so now they've beat that in the middle of October once again. So even the people who make money off of these kinds of things didn't see this coming.
9: Well, as good as our defense has turned out to be, and as good as Chase Brown has turned out to be, the is kind of making this a complete team, in my opinion. He's getting better and better.
4: Uh, twenty five for thirty uh twenty five for thirty two with zero interceptions um and you know for let's see two hundred fifty two yards yeah i would i think that's a, a fair assessment alan um he 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 definitely could be the the difference here
5: Well, and I've said that for years. That's why the Big Ten lags behind everywhere is because the quarterback play just isn't there. It's not the way that most teams are designed to operate when it comes to the Big Ten. I mean, look around. If Tanner Morgan wasn't here, you see why P.J. Fleck was very worried about his quarterback there, his sixth-year quarterback, because there's just not a whole lot of quarterbacks to go around in this conference. And when you get somebody legit like a Tommy DeVito, it just completely transforms the team.
3: There's no other position like it in the world of sports. The quarterback is everything, and, and DeVito is keeping this offense running. But anyway, Alan, thanks for the call. Maybe Vegas ought to check in with you next time when they set their <laughs> over-unders. Let's go to Richmond, Kentucky, and we find Steve in Kentucky. Hey, Steve, you're on the Fasteners, Etc. postgame show.
10: Hey, guys, I'm on uh, the Orange Cloud 9 right now for sure because – we got, a, we got a ball club. And the thing is, we underperformed this game. And the reason I say that is when you double a team up on time of possession, you rack up 472 yards of offense, you win the turnover battle 3-0, to zero, and you only beat a team tw- by 12 points and only put up 24 points on the board, I mean, we underperformed. I mean, that should have been a 40-something, to, you know, uh, 14 win. And uh, so I think that stuff can be correctable because I-, I was thinking Indiana game all over again at the beginning of the second half when special teams gave up the play all the way down to the five-yard line. And I was like, oh, God, here we go again. We're, we're dominating in every category but the scoreboard. And But our guys responded, and – we just keep dominating. We just got to figure out how to get the ball, uh, instead of field goals, get touchdowns down in the red zone because, I mean, we're just dominating people. And, uh, so, so good things are going to happen. You know, we're not just winning by, by making a few plays here and there. We're, we're literally dominating people. So, uh, it's awesome to see. And one of these games, we're going to have that breakout game where we put up 45 on somebody. Um, and I can't wait to see it. So, uh, uh, ILL, and uh, excited to... for this team, and hopefully uh, when we get back to Memorial Stadium against Michigan State, we'll we'll have a sellout. So uh, go Illini.
3: I think there's a lot of truth there. I mean, Illinois, Brett I mean, Bielma said it at halftime, but you know, tip your cap to Fabrizio Pinton, four out of four in field goals, but most of those should have been uh, six instead of three, but Illinois just couldn't punch it in from... From, from the red zone. But also, the defense gives up two touchdowns and give up, gives up their first two touchdowns at Memorial Stadium this year. But one of them was on the heels of a 90-plus yard kickoff return. so With a penalty tacked on top. Yeah, yeah. so that, that only, they only needed four yards. It was super
5: confusing because Minnesota couldn't even get the ball past the 20 on kickoffs in the first half. And yeah. I thought I saw maybe there, there might have been a penalty, but we don't have to, to pin it on that
4: yeah they had made a few changes in how Minnesota, Minnesota made some changes how they were um how the, they were uh, uh, addressing their uh kick return and um there may or may not have been a block in the back from michael Marquez, but in the end at the end of the day it doesn 't uh, doesn 't matter to the point about scoring touchdowns we only had one red zone touchdown today uh which is concerning the uh the other touchdown we had was uh, was a nice throw from Tommy DeVito to Chase Brown, but um, that could be the difference between uh, winning and losing a game. Um, I mean, points are points, and I'm I'm very happy for Br- Fabrizio Pinton, walk-on uh, transfer, like bet on himself to come to this team. Um, he was he was second string coming into the season, ends up going f- uh, seven for seven in his first seven opportunities, but ultimately you want to get touchdowns in the red zone. And when you're on the five-yard line uh, multiple times and you can't punch it in, well, that kind of eats at you. But hopefully they can work on that, and hopefully Josh McRae can be the difference between red zone touchdowns and field goals uh, in the future weeks.
5: Well, and that's why I was worried about big plays in, in the pregame. Two big plays led to Minnesota's two touchdowns, and Illinois gets one big play and they get a touchdown off of it. I think the, the drive where uh, he hit Hightower down the, the sideline, that might have been the other touchdown. So it, it's extremely hard, college football, NFL, even high school, to, to string together drives. It's going to take big plays, especially when you look at, at the competition coming up. Nebraska's getting better on defense. you got to go to the big house. Uh, they should pass. All over Michigan State because defensive uh, passing yards allowed don't matter to, to Mel Tucker. So we're all good when it comes to that game, but they're going to have to to find some big plays uh, to to score as the the months get colder.
3: Three one two uh, texture says the naysayers having trouble swallowing a that big plate of crow when orange Kool Aid man bursts through the wall to smack <laughs> their haterade to the ground. Mr. Fabrizi is keeping it easy, and Illinois just got off the crazy train to Bulls City. Our coach might be hefty, but he's not going to eat the football. We're in good hands. Let's go, Illini.
4: (laughs) I have no words. I mean, uh, the only thing that I take from that is maybe uh, Fabrizio Pinton can get a Fabrizi NIL deal out of this. (laughs)
3: All right, we'll check the scoreboard when we come back, take more of your calls and texts. Illinois wins over Minnesota, 26-14. Also, a texter has asked us for our bowl predictions now. So uh, maybe be mulling on that, guys. We'll we'll dole those out as well before this thing's all over. Back in a moment. So is that going to bring Chase Brown's carry load down from 41 to, like, 35? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i saw I
5: mean, what was it in the first half he had well over 20 carries and i was like there's no way he's not gonna not get to 40 if that makes sense
3: well yeah because entering the fourth quarter it looked like i think he was about 25 and i thought oh man uh, if this guy's on a pitch count what are they gonna do <laughs> uh and i i from a stat standpoint you know, do you worry that is his hundred yard streak in jeopardy if Josh is good to go, but from a health and let's go win football game standpoint, I think he'd be happy if Josh McCray carried it forty times once in a while, don't you
4: think?
5: <laughs> <laughs> he's built uh he's padded his stats plenty over the last seven weeks. So yeah, maybe he can he can split some of those yards up with another guy.
4: Yeah, so I just grabbed the first half statistics. Uh Chase Brown had 21 carries for okay. 9 for 93 net uh, rush yards. So I think that was pretty good. <laughs> it almost, it almost uh, hit that. Um, oh, we got the somebody <laughs> rang the victory bell.
3: There's un- some kids down on the they field. The
4: Navy ROTC <laughs> unsinkable team.
3: <laughs> then he's covering his ears because he heard it. Anyway, not allowed to be. <laughs> um,
4: yeah, I mean, heavy. <laughs> another it's really loud. Instant regrets. <laughs> Another heavy load for uh, for Chase Brown today, but uh, you know what? When you walk away with a victory, we'll take that every day.
3: Oh, a texter's asking uh, how many minutes Illinois trailed this year. It was less
5: than one, right?
3: Yeah, they they trailed obviously at the end of Indiana game. Oh well, I guess they
5: trailed minute. for a little bit in this one when yeah. they were down fourteen thirteen.
3: Yeah, that that lasted from. Uh, uh, about three-ish minutes. <laughs> so, so, so four, about four, four minutes, minutes all year. year. Illinois has been in the lead or tied <laughs> in a game all <laughs> but Something. four minutes.
4: Well, the naysayers are going to say, "Well, have you really played anyone?" Minnesota could have, could have had a fraudulent non-conference schedule. I'm Michigan fine. State was bad. I am fine with the Big Ten West is
3: not that good. Take I I, I think that's. A, a legitimate outlook at, based on where other programs are across the country, but if you're an Illinois fan, are you up, can you really be upset at six and one?
5: No, no, we we've said it time and again. I mean, college sports are, are very fickle. Teams lose games all the time for just random reasons, and and you have to go out and you have to win. Football games. Sometimes teams will give them to you, but the majority of these games, Illinois has gone out and they've won them. And even in years where Illinois is down, they've played lesser competitions, and that doesn't happen. I mean, they're just taking care of business.
3: I, I, I'm just saying, you, you know, well, it's not like you're playing in the SEC. Well, okay, but they're not. They're winning the games that they're on their schedule.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah. W- what <laughs> are you so, supposed to do? Well, I mean,
4: yeah.
3: Uh well, if we you didn't a, them. A- if you've got a problem with six and one.
4: That's fine. I'm not here to tell you what emotions to have, but I'm still telling you that Illinois is playing well. My only concern with the six and one stat is that everyone's talking about for the first time since 2011. They're six and one, (laughs) Uh, and a lot of people have been comparing this defense to the 2011 uh, team. But that year did not end particularly well, (laughs) so I want to get past that. Uh, as yeah. soon as possible. I want to get that seventh win as soon as possible to get that monkey off our back so we can really say that this is something new um, and just get past it. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand because, yes, that, that team started 6-0 and and finished
3: 6-6 and in the regular season, and Ron Zook lost his job. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Illinois will be an underdog only in one game from here on out, I would think, and that would be uh, michigan uh, and I'm going to say outside of Michigan, the toughest test remaining is Purdue.
5: Mm, yeah, that one's at Purdue, right? No, no that's here. it's home. No, it's at home. I, I, we'll see what happens tonight against between Nebraska and Purdue. I, I know we love to hate on Nebraska on this show. It's almost like a, a hobby of ours. But it's not easy to go into Nebraska with 95,000 yelling fans because that will be the toughest environment that Illinois has seen this year.
4: Yeah, and I'm going to give Nebraska some credit. They have some tremendous athletes on that team. Um and every every single coach, every single player on that team is uh is uh you know, fighting for for their jobs right now because mm-hmm. um with someone with someone new coming in, you have to put out good tape. And as a coach, you have to be able to put out a good product to prove that you're worth getting hired uh at your next stop. So, um It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think that Nebraska is going to could sneak up on Purdue, but their their Big Ten win uh, from last week was against Rutgers, so <laughs> you got to take it with a grain of salt.
3: I did talk to one of the uh, Minnesota media people, and they just felt like Nebraska's big issues is they just don't tackle. They don't tackle well, and maybe since they've gotten rid of their defensive coordinator and the whole coaching staff switch, uh, maybe they're starting to work on those fundamentals and. Um, I still think Illinois is the superior team. but mm-hmm. uh, All right, uh, 217-356-9397 is the fan line. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 217-351-5357. Uh, Chase Brown for Heisman says a 217. Great win by an amazing team and a fabulous coaching staff. That is from Jay. I would imagine
4: that the uh, – speaking of Chase Brown for Heisman, it got brought up, uh, I think, uh, in the w- – Wisconsin post game, um, there will probably be a put be a push from the DIA, uh, an official push, like an official campaign uh, that gets started in the next few weeks, um, if not over the next month or so. Uh, but Brett Bielma was asked about it uh, in his postgame presser uh, with the rest of the uh, media, and um, he said that he's going to be lobbying heavy for uh, for Chase to get every single possible post game. Uh, or post-season award, uh, possible. So Let's moving see. on to, uh, the phones. Yep. Scott. And, then, and then we'll get a scoreboard update as well. David in Tolono. Hey, David.
11: Hey, how you guys doing? I, I wanted to just congratulate, uh, Brett Brett of the coaching staff, and certainly the players. They've definitely earned it. And, uh, I heard you guys talking about earlier you had to eat a little crow. Well, I'm not going to rub it in, but as you know, I don't have to eat any crow because uh, I thought this is exactly what they were going to do, and I'm proud that uh, they're going to do it. But uh, what I would like to say is and remind people is that Brett Bielema, in less than two years, he's winning primarily with Lovey's recruits. And that that is the biggest indication uh, of how good a coach he is and how that a coach lovey was because if somebody can take your players who you can't win with and he's winning now and he will win for many years to come uh well that that speaks volumes so congratulations to the boys and the only trap game illinois has left is purdue because anybody who throws the ball like purdue does that's the only team that i fear and that includes michigan so uh i think we have a good chance to get nine nine wins this year and uh uh, but I am concerned about uh, Purdue simply because they do a lot of the same things on offense that Indiana does by throwing a lot of slants. And, of course, my favorite thing is man to man defense. Y'all have a wonderful day, and congratulations to the boys and the coaching staff. Thank you very much. You're
3: welcome, You're and welcome. we appreciate you joining us here on the Fasteners, et cetera, postgame show.
5: No, not a bad point, but six of 18 for 38 yards out of a sixth year senior quarterback, that's a pretty good pass defense.
4: Yeah, I, I think he was 4 for 12. Uh, overall, Minnesota was 6 for 18. Um, uh, Ethan Calic manis I may have butchered that. Uh, I'll defer to Scott on that It was a good one. try, though. Okay, thank you. Um, but overall, yeah, you you, <laughs> you picked the ball off three times, and uh, they had twice as many... Completions as they did interceptions thrown, so I mean <laughs> it's pretty good. So thirty three percent of their balls were completed to uh, Illinois players. Is that what the kids call getting ratioed? <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's
4: not, by the way. Uh, they also got
3: ratioed two to one in time of possession <laughs> as we get ready for Big a, a scoreboard. Remember, Il- Minnesota came in uh, in leading the nation in time of possession. I think they were about thirty seven minutes. Thirty eight. Uh, yeah, per per game, and and Illinois today had at least three of their longest drives, time-wise, uh, over six minutes long. They had an eight-minute drive in the second quarter. Third, where was it? It was one of the field goal drives. Yeah, the the first second field goal drive in the second quarter. Illinois shoot up eight and minutes and five seconds. They had two drives in the fourth quarter that equaled almost 14 minutes of game time
4: <laughs> sheesh <laughs> oh my six, goodness a 654
3: drive that started in the third and finished in the and f- early in the fourth and another one that was a 644 that's football 101 as brett bielma would say
5: he said you're welcome after the game for for getting everybody out about 3:15, so he knew <laughs> what he was doing <laughs> All right, uh, Joey is Joey ready for us? Joey's here. I guess that was two fifteen, right? We just passed three fifteen.
3: Yeah, we did. By the way, uh, Illinois and Minnesota in volleyball are tangling uh, on our AM and translator side of Newstalk 1400 fourteen hundred and ninety three nine FM. That is a one set to nothing lead for Minnesota. Illinois leads though in the second set sixteen. To 13. All right, let's check out what's happening around the rest of college football. Oh, my, that's nice. yeah.
5: <laughs> Hey, Joey.
12: <laughs> hey, guys, what's going on? Busy week of college football. And uh, I'll say let's get right into it with some top 25 games just going down the line here. Vanderbilt at Georgia, top-ranked team in the country. Bulldogs looking good, 28-0, heading towards halftime, 55 seconds left, second quarter. An interesting one, maybe the most interesting game right now. Tennessee, number six in the country, hosting number three, Alabama. Vols up 28-10, 11-41 left for the first half. TCU, number 13, hosting number eight, Oklahoma State. As I knocked the phone off the, <laughs> off the uh, hook there. Um, 24-20, or 24-7, Oklahoma State leading TCU, eight minutes left in the first half. Syracuse hosting NC State, that's 18-15, versus and Syracuse leading in the Carrier Dome 10-3, 13 seconds left, second quarter. James Madison, number 25 in the country, just behind Illinois at Georgia Southern, tied at 14-all, 11 minutes left in the first half. Penn State falling at Michigan today, the 10th-ranked Nittany Lions and the 5th-ranked Wolverines. Wolverines put it on them pretty good, 41-17. 9th-ranked Ole Miss, no problem hosting Auburn. 48-34, your final there. Kansas, the dream season on ice now. They go to unranked Oklahoma and lose 52-42. to 42. Granted, unranked Oklahoma's still pretty good. Oklahoma's arch nemesis, Texas, number 22 in the country. A close one today against Iowa State. They get the win, 24-21. Fourth-ranked Clemson at Florida State later tonight at 6.30. 22nd-ranked Kentucky will host 16th-ranked Mississippi State later as well. 20th-ranked Utah 7th ranked USC, a big one in the Pac-12. Take a look at some Big Ten games now. Going down the line, unranked battle, Indiana and Maryland. Maryland at Indiana, leading 14-10, five minutes to halftime. Michigan State and Wisconsin, 7-0. Second quarter just began there. As we go to Purdue, West Lafayette, they'll host Nebraska later tonight. Also a busy night of Major League Baseball action. A busy afternoon as well. <clears throat> and I'll get you those scores here to wrap things up. If I can track them down, I can tell you the Phillies are leading the Brave 7-3, middle of the seventh inning. And later today, the Guardians will host the Yankees, Padres will host the Dodgers, and the Mariners and Astros right now scoreless in the top of the third. All of those are divisional series matchups, so It's getting to be that time of year, college football heating up. you got the MLB postseason, some high school games too. They're hurtling down the stretch. Eighth week of the IHSA season. Good time to be a sports fan right now.
3: Indeed. Joey, appreciate it very much. Fasters, et cetera, postgame show rolling along. Light Rock 97.5, WHMS, Champaign-Urbana. We'll get to Tony on the phone lines and anyone else that wants to hop in, text or phones. Right after this, we'll continue on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show.
7: It's the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. You can weigh in on today's game by calling the First State Bank Illini fan line, 217-356-9397, or texting the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Crowd in a friend.
2: 10-18 10-18 for the third. On their feet. Morgan looks to the sideline. They're getting louder. Snap back. Rush on. Morgan in trouble. they have got him. they have got him. Back at the 40-yard line. Gabe Akis is in there with others. The pocket finally closed on Tanner Morgan. Look out for Gabe Akis.
3: He's going to sack us. I love it. it. Illinois had two sacks today. They had had four straight games with five sacks total, but their season total now up to 23. Coming into the game, there were 11 different guys that had recorded a sack. Illinois beats Minnesota 26-14. to 14. Scott and Michael and Evan here with you. Thanks for your company. And let's go to the phones. Tony in Champaign. Hey, Tony.
0: Good afternoon. What a great game, huh? It was it was um one of the things that I I um really appreciated was that run by DeVito instead of them trying to do the passing, the corner routes and stuff like that. Um but the thing that got me to call was I was listening to you guys while I was watching this Alabama Tennessee game where Tennessee's giving Alabama everything they want more. Alabama just scored to make it twenty eight six seventeen now. But you guys were talking about Chase Brown and how Coach B was gonna push for him. The Heisman, and they had a graphic up right as you were talking about Chase Brown on CBS that said Heisman Watch had Chase Brown next to somebody else. I didn't know who the other guy was. I was kind of flabbergasted to see mm-hmm. Chase Brown on there, but I think that things are starting to move in that direction, which is good. Um, you know what a what a player that guy is, and you know the, the defense. I feel like that. Um, I agreed with Dave. You got to you got to be able to score. I think it was a day from Tolono or Tuscola or wherever. But, um, yeah, you got to be able to score. But if you think about it, Minnesota has one of, well, maybe not after the day, but top three defense in the country. Iowa, the same thing. Um, Illinois had trouble scoring against Indiana. But after that, they, they seem to have remedied that until they play a team with really good defense down in the red zone. And hopefully they'll figure out how to remedy that. But, um, yeah, Chase Brown is on CBS. His face was on CBS during the Alabama game.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Chase Brown needs to change to Canadian football so that <laughs> they just they have a deeper end zone or something to work with, or just you know try to score from the ten or something instead of the five when they're at the. I don't know what. And to me, here's the interesting thing: it's not a red zone issue, but maybe it translates. It was the yes. fourth down call, um, and I It extended a drive. I think the drive ended up as a field goal anyway. But Illinois lined up in shotgun on a fourth, and I think it was medium. And what they did was hand it off. But Chase Brown, because he could accelerate and find his spot, they could convert the fourth down. Whereas when they're um, in these other short yardage situations, they go to certain things that just haven't worked for one reason or another. And, you know, the Vito fake out was, was great, but some of the other stuff just isn't working. And I don't know if it's something in the playbook that, that isn't there yet, or, you know, it's harder than it looks in a red zone because the field is short and everybody's stacked up and there's a lot more traffic in there, but you have to be able to convert. Uh, Otherwise, what's the point of (laughs) driving 80 yards only to just get three points.
0: Well, and I also, uh, you know, you think about we've, I've heard a lot of calls, people calling to get tight ends involved in the game and stuff like that. Well, are they giving uh, the protection and blocking? Is that what they're in there for? Because it seems like our tight ends are just, you know, fingertips away from making big plays, you know, in the passing game. Either that or they just don't have the foot speed. But um, one of the things I do like, you mentioned that, I I thought it was great that Fleck kept using his timeouts before halftime to try to make Illinois kick a field goal in the windy end, <laughs> and the whole time Coach B was going to go for the go for it on fourth down. Anyway, so it didn't matter, and that's one of the things I like about this coaching staff. They had confidence in their running game, and when it's fourth down, they're going to go for it, and I think that's great. I mean, Lovey Smith would have just kicked it to the. I respect Lovey Smith. He took the Bears to the Super Bowl. I don't want to denigrate the guy, but you would know on, on fourth down he was just going to punt it, whether it was fourth and one, fourth and inches, because that's kind of a pro move that he got used to in the pro. He's a pro coach. He's not a college coach. Yep. But it, I did, I do like to go on fourth and down. Sometimes they're not going to get it, but it seems like the higher percentage of times they're getting it. if They're a four-down team, and that makes it a lot more enjoyable because you know Chase Brown's back there, and he can get that. With, with that blocking, he can get that first down.
5: Well, uh, I think I, historically I, teams are more successful on fourth down than not. We're we're just so stuck in the the nineteen twenties, yeah. and you've just got to punt it on fourth down because we used to punt it on third down. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all in for the aggressive offensive play.
4: And to give credit to Brett Bielma, last year he was that I'm going to punt it on Mm -hmm. fourth and one, fourth and two. And I don't know if it was because he didn't trust the OC at the time or his players at the time, but he has been far more aggressive this year than he had in years past. Now, I think that today, specifically at the end of the first quarter when it was a potential field goal, uh, situation, and uh, P.J. Fleck was trying to ice out the clock to uh, to be able to force that uh, field goal in the, the windiness. I think that maybe we didn't trust Fabrizio in that particular moment, but ultimately, he went for it on fourth down, and y- you could, y- if you were at the game, you could definitely tell that the fans were like, we're, we're doing this again? We're going for it on fourth down again? <laughs> oh boy! Uh, this is new. Um, so, I think that the aggressiveness is there it is going to be important moving forward because when you play, and we talked about it last year, when you play to not lose versus when you play to win, those are two different animals. Mm-hmm. And we're definitely playing to win right now. And most
3: of the it's time, it's kind of like they,
0: playing the cover two defense to protect the lead. You're just you might as well just give them the touchdown because they're going to beat it
3: most of the time when they've gone yeah. for it, too. it's right in no man's land there where if you really have a, a an expert punter that can nail it in the corner coffin or coffin corner then then maybe it's a little bit different and last year you didn't exactly you didn't maybe trust your offense to get a big get the key fourth down but you also trusted your defense enough last year to stop them on flipping the field position and then give your offense a shorter field this time yeah, you, you feel Blake like you K's got yeah, last year. Yeah, this time you feel like you have more offense and more options, so why not? And you feel like it's not your only opportunity to get back into this. Hey, thanks, right. Tony. We really do appreciate it. Right. It's our keys to the Take game now. Goal, yep, appreciate it. Thanks you uh, thanks to you. And it's our keys to the game now and they're brought to you by Hickory Point Bank with roots right here in Champaign Urbana, Hickory Point Bank. Invested also by Game Day Spirit, the best selection of University of Illinois apparel, and by Rudy Wealth Management, a family owned wealth management firm that strives to help their clients achieve their retirement goals keys to the game? Uh, I, I
5: think it's super simple and, and maybe kind of obvious, but I'm going to say the, the key was the takeaways. Just right there on that first drive, Illinois marches down, it scores, Minnesota gets the ball, they're marching down, but then you get the INT that flips it, Illinois gets the ball back, they kick a field goal, go up by two scores, and then you're playing with house money, right? You control the tempo, you control the the pace of the game from, from there out, and, and then you get the, the INT when they get the ball back down nine and then you get another INT so I'm going with the takeaways from the defense
4: I was just I mean you touched on it but just controlling the tempo of the game not letting Minnesota to play the type of game that they wanted and that definitely shows in the time the disparity of the time of possession um, you didn't let them get any real momentum uh, offensively uh, you kept pushing them back on defense uh, so you you, you, you dictated the, the tempo of the game and Ultimately, I think that was the difference.
3: I mentioned special teams at the beginning of the game, and I agree with both of you guys. But uh, special teams here was a factor both positively and negatively. Who knows what would happened if you don't give up the big kickoff return that set up a very quick and short touchdown. And Fabrizio Pinton goes 4 for 4 doing what he's asked to do. And for the most part, I think punting went well today. So <laughs> special teams not to be overlooked in a game that I think you can – Will remember as uh, an extraordinary, even for his standards, Chase Brown game, and then a Tommy DeVito game that uh, may be the best of his college career. Certainly, in his seven games in an Illini uniform, it adds up to a 26-14 win for Illinois over Minnesota. We'll come back and uh, got a couple more segments here. So get your calls or texts in if you want to join us, Illinois. Beats Minnesota. They're going to a bowl game, and they're looking for more. Back after this.
6: Yeah, I think we had three different guys make interceptions, correct? And, yep. and I was told they had six completions total. I just amazing stats yep. uh, defensively. You know, um, uh, overall, I, I, I give credit Minnesota. I think they're a good football team. Just Our guys came in with a will to win today that wasn't going to be denied.
3: A lot of folks still hanging around outside Memorial Stadium. A picture from Illini HQ on, the, on their Twitter, taken by Scott Ritchie, shows there's a, a lot still going on as folks are enjoying, A, a, a sunny and a nice fall day, but B, a big win for Illinois over Minnesota. Every, every game that has come up here on the schedule so far, except for Chattanooga, in my mind, and Wyoming. And every game except those two, I've gone, ah, can Illinois win this game? I think so, but I'm not sure. And and it, and it's also felt like, well, this is their biggest test yet. This is their biggest test yet. And they've really passed every one. Uh, s- sometimes with A's, sometimes with B's. Maybe a C plus. I don't know. But Illinois has met every moment. And now, the psychology, I think, of a team that will probably walk on the field every time believing they're going to win is is huge. And and that's sometimes how you get where where things can snowball, and now you look at what you thought. Well, maybe if everything goes right, this is a 7-8 win season, and now you can go, well, maybe this is a 9-10 uh, win season or shoot even an 11-win season. I mean, I, I think it's okay for fans to dream on this, and and who knows what will transpire from here, but I really didn't. I did not think it would be six and one, and I guess I have to cut up a piece of crow too and put it down. I maybe some ketchup I, on it. I helps. think
5: it, it's it's twofold in, in that we we knew there was talent on the defense, you you, but you see it across. Football at all, all levels. When you bring in a new quarter, coordinator, when you bring in a new quarterback, what can you expect on offense? You, you you just really don't know. And when you have a team that can't score, or you don't know if they're going to score, you can't really hedge your bets confidently. So uh, the offense is part of it, and I don't I don't know that that Penn State game last year was awesome for for Illinois to pull out that win. You could kind of see it, but I don't think. Illinois had the belief in the system and the coaching staff that they do this year and and they came out in that first game uh, against Wyoming and they're getting you know unnecessary celebrations uh, against a lower level FBS team your first game at home they they go into every single game expecting to dominate and and that's something there's a a quote that we'll play here coming from the last break that, that Brett Bielma goes into is the the thought of I'm going to do something versus I hope I do something or it'd be nice if I do something. They go in there, they believe we're going to get this done, and that that's what you get. You go into a, a weird environment like Indiana, you start questioning it. That's when mistakes happen. But otherwise, Illinois is just the, the, they're playing as a, a connected unit.
4: You know, I'm just going to take a step back and give some historical context into what what is happening right now. Coach Bielma is the is in his second season. He is the earliest qual, uh, coach to uh, have his team qualify for a bowl game since Lou Tepper in his first year in 1992. Who took over that was for before, a bowl team, right? That was for the Holiday Bowl, and he was he was a promoted uh, coach from uh, I believe is the Makovic era, mm-hmm. um, and Makovic had that team rolling. Um, we have not seen. We have not seen. This program under a new head coach qualify this early for a bowl game in a coach's tenure since before Evan and I were born. <laughs> okay, I mean, Ron Turner was year three. Ron Zook was year three. Well, and Tim Beckman was year three. And
5: I don't think that's a point about us. That's a point about. Think about that. That's twenty-five, thirty years of fo- Illinois. Students, alumni that have come through, and they they just don't have anything to believe in. And that's why you see 45,000, even though there's a 6-1 and one Illinois team over at Memorial Stadium for homecoming. It, it, you, you just haven't seen this kind of success.
3: Well, it, it, there's a c- couple of other factors in that. First of all, the cupboard was not bare when Lovey Smith was fired. There was talent on the roster, as as we've hit on a few times now, not only today, but in these last several weeks, and they've been coached up into a scheme where they can be successful on both sides of the football. And it doesn't take as long as it used to with the transfer portal. That's a fair point. Tommy DeVito, case in point. It just used to be a new coach in town. Even when Lovey Smith got here, he got to wait a couple of years because we mm-hmm. all were here for those first two hard years under Lovey Smith and i remember thinking everyone saying you just got to give it time because even when there were guys trans and, and he said i'm just going to play my young guys and we're going to take our lumps and we're going to train them up so that they're going to be ready and you still have an alex Palczewski <laughs> that got some early playing time so that he could now be the oldest man in the history of college football or most experienced <laughs> guy or or whatever one more it is. game
5: one more game <laughs>
3: uh i want to get to this uh a little bit of bull talk because why not on a post game show but let's head out to muhammad todd is out there todd you're on the air on the fasters etc post game show
1: hey guys i want to give a shout out to the team for putting a product on the field that uh, the fans are really getting behind i mean it's, it's been years since i've seen the kind of fan support support that i'm seeing in the stands today um you know, I was always the guy that was yelling on third down and screaming and had people tell me to, you know, sit down, and get out of the way. And now those people that were told me to sit down and get out of the way are standing up and yelling with me. So I think that, uh, you know, the fan support was great today. And kudos to the coach and the team for now putting a product on there that's really getting people off their butts and standing up and cheering.
3: Well, I agree that with you. This is an, uh, an entertaining football game. Uh, they're not they're an entertaining football team. You know, it's not air raid uh, kind of plays, but it is. It's a fun brand of football. I'm trying to say that from an objective standpoint. It's interesting. There's different kinds of things being run, and uh, e- even last week's nine six ball game didn't put people to sleep. So no, just I the... remember
1: a nine six. I remember a nine six game when we played out in California at the Rose Bowl, not in the Rose Bowl, but against Cal at the Rose Bowl. That was one of the most boring games I've ever been to. <laughs> and yeah. this is this is incredible to watch. They are a fun team to watch. They play hard. The defense, I mean, it's actually violent to watch them play. They hit so hard, and I'm so impressed with the effort that they're putting out there.
3: Yeah, it is. It's good. Hey, Todd, appreciate you weighing in. Great. Next up, back to up to Chicago. Sarah, you're on with us.
13: Hey, good afternoon, guys. Great game, great win, great day. It's been I agree with Todd, it's been so much fun. This team is great. You know, they're I was a doubter early on, but uh they've turned me around and now you know what, these guys are great and I'm so excited. So um When we get Josh McCray back and Chase Brown can have a little bit of rest sometime, (laughs) I think this team is firing on all cylinders. And kudos to the players, coaches, and staff. And um, nothing against Art Sikowski, but um, Tommy DeVito has really uh, helped this team this year on offense. So it's a good day, and I'm looking forward to Nebraska.
3: I think you're right. Are you making your way back up? Did you come to the game?
13: Absolutely. I was there shouting on third downs with Todd and everybody else. So, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. I've had season tickets for a very long time and uh, sat through a lot of very bad football. <laughs> and um, it's nice. It's so nice to have a winning team. And it was really great to hear the coach Coach Bielema addressed the crowd after the game. I mean, he he gets it, and, um, yeah, the coaches have done amazing. The players have done great, you know, and I'm hopeful they can keep it going and keep all the coaches and key players that still have eligibility left for next year so we can really get this train moving.
3: Well, I've heard there is a big effort to try to uh, convince some some of these guys to – to, to stick around. They may have options, and uh, these days, there's ways to help convince them to stick around. <laughs> Remember the conversation around Kofi Coburn? <laughs> yeah, he ultimately oh, actually, chose to go pro, but anyway.
13: Yeah, uh, and you know what? I, I think now, after so much bad football, we really, I don't know, I won't look forward, but I also really want to enjoy this season and the, the team that we have and, and the momentum and you just got to enjoy it this year, I think.
3: <laughs> well, Sarah, I'm happy for you after, uh, you know, investing in so many uh, down years that you're getting an up one here. So uh hope it's all worth it.
13: Hey, the whole fan base. The whole fan base. <laughs> yep. So. All right. Thanks, guys. Great job. And let's go. Enjoy your Saturday.
5: We'll try. Thank you very much. I think Sarah made a couple good points, and we've brought it up. It kind of touched on it. McCray coming back will help in those red zone scenarios so much. I mean, that's what the dude's built for. He's like a, mm-hmm. a six foot four, two hundred forty pound refrigerator that you just put behind an offensive line and you can push through. So, really looking forward to that, especially for how much that beats down on Chase Brown's body. And like the the caller a couple ones ago that said, you know, Lovey Smith is. a a pro football coach and Brett Bielema gets it because he's a college football coach and it takes something different to recruit the players to get here to motivate 18 to 24 year olds they're adults but they're not really adults and it, it just takes a different kind of person to turn around a college football program you think about it Tim Beckman thought he was kind of that guy. He obviously was not that guy. Ron Zook understood what it took to, to do that. You have to have guys who understand program building and culture building and as cliche
4: as it is, yeah, Brett Bielema gets it. So I, I, all I'll say is that if we do have attrition going into next year, whether that's players or coaches are getting new opportunities, uh, Ryan Walters, hello, um, regardless – The more we win this year, the better off we're going to end up being. I know that sounds obvious, but that convinces transfer players Mm -hmm. that, hey, you want to come play for Brett Bielma. High school players, hey, you want to come play for Brett Bielma. Coaches, you want to come work for Brett Bielma because he's going to develop you. He's going to tell you everything you need to know about how to build, coach, and build a program and then send you off your merry way. Um, now I want, do I want Coach Walters to get a head coaching job somewhere? Sure, yes, he's a great dude. He deserves it. He's earned all of that. But selfishly, he's done a very, very good job here, and I would like, you know, I'd like to see him stick around. But uh, ultimately, when you have success, there is going to be attrition because of that success. So if we can be more successful, we can actually we can replace that attrition. So um, I'm excited. Ab- I mean, I've said it a million times. I'm excited about what this program really has uh, the capability of doing, and I just want to see it be sustainable, and I think all the fans want to. A few things here
3: on the text line. I uh, appreciate everyone calling, too. Uh, how does a coach accept or decline a penalty? Is it done verbally or with a hand signal? The the coach, uh, I believe, relays it to the side judge who then it sends a hand signal to to the head referee. And actually today, when Illinois rightfully, uh, rightly declined a penalty uh, late in the game, the signal had been relayed in for whatever reason. The referee didn't pick it up and then came back and said, Illinois has changed its mind. I, I don't think Illinois changed its mind. I think Illinois declined it from the get go. They just didn't see it, uh, but they got it
4: right. And to to your point on that, sometimes there are just blatantly obvious things well, yeah. that the referees don't even check with, right? But, like
3: if you if you accept the penalty, the touchdown doesn't stand. You know, like they just know.
5: I know? think that that was the same buffoon crew that we had in Indiana, so it makes sense.
3: Six one seven says, "Do you think?" Daniel Barker regrets leaving Illinois to go to Michigan State. He would have thrived in Barry Lunny's offense. He might, he might. Uh, Big time players though got to make big time plays. And
4: two one seven says that tight end room has gotten crowded with Tip Ryman and uh, and Luke Ford uh, and Michael Marques. So um, I I don't think it was a matter of him seeing the writing on the wall because he's I mean he's the leading uh, touchdown. Uh, receiver for amongst tight ends in the history of uh, Illinois football. But, I mean, guys make choices. and He, he made, wasn't getting thrown the ball enough. Yeah, and Michigan, Michigan State uh, was coming off a very good year under Mel Tucker. So he made a business decision, and um, – you can, if you're in that situation, you can't regret that yep. because you'll just continually kick himself. Uh, I'm thankful for what Daniel did for the program, uh, but ultimately, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup uh, once Michigan State comes to town because I know that uh, the way that this defense approaches the game, um, there may be some, there may be some, not extracurriculars, but uh, some friendly banter and letting him know maybe you shouldn't have transferred away. But uh, he's a good dude. He's a good player. Um, he's He earned, he had the right to transfer, and he did. And that's college football now. You 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 guys
3: are mentioning, too, a, a, as was the caller, not trying to look ahead too far but enjoy this year, but whatever for next year. Not only does winning this year help recruiting and the transfer portal, but there's one other thing that's now the layer, and Brett Pielman keeps slipping it in. N-I-L. And I kind of hinted, too. There yep. is... Uh, uh efforts afoot to try to convince players to stay and there's always efforts too, to say when you come here it's no longer just about the opportunity to win but it's about the opportunity uh, to help yourself a little bit in 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 the pocketbook um okay and then a couple of people asking what brett bielma said today on mike honestly couldn't hear it
4: um I think he was just. Ha- uh, he, thank you for coming out. Yeah. Um, we appreciate your support. Um, I think he may have mentioned something along the lines of this is the start of something great, um, and I know he ended it with a with a, an I L L, and uh, the the fans definitely let him know I and I.
3: Texture says we've talked about second half adjustments, but here's another prime example of Illinois making defensive adjustments and the offense making great adjustments as well. We've got a co- we've got a ball club. come to support the orange and blue. And Bruce in Houston says DeVito showed toughness playing through injury this week. He's the leader we needed. Also regular going for it on fourth down. It's not making me hide my eyes anymore. So there you go. All right, finally, when we come back, let's all weigh in with our all-important predictions on a bowl game, because we've had several texters ask us for our outlook on that. And that'll be our final segment on the fasteners News, etc. postgame show.
6: I get it. I, I think on, on the outside world they'll think of that, right? But i, I tell you, Wednesday morning practice... I saw these guys come out and, and have an attitude and a chip to them at practice. Uh, and then Thursday was our first day outside because Tuesday, Wednesday, there was some lightning and rain. Um, and Thursday, I, I almost had one of those moments where I was going to call everybody up and say, hey, let's get our business together. And, and for whatever reason, they just took off and played as clean as they've been all year. I, I, I don't think this group is about, uh, you know, the outside noise. We kind of we, we've we been referring to ourselves. uh Kind of, you know, lions don't listen to sheep, right? Like, we just kind of feel like we're out in front of it. Uh, very aggressive group, very confident group. You know, I learned this phrase a long time ago, right? It's really easy to get people to do something they believe they can do. It's really hard to get people to do to do something they don't think they can, right? And I think this group falls in that first part that they really expect to have success. Um, they, they expect it. They go out and do it, and, and they know the keys and the pieces of the puzzle to make it happen.
3: Brett Bielma talking about handling the the success that they've had and the predictions and the noise that comes from the outside now. You're grinning ear to ear, Evan.
5: Uh, uh, I don't know his first name.
3: you're You're either grinning. About a comment, or you're grinning about baseball. I'm grinning. Two I'm, things that you gr- make you grin. I'm grinning that. about
5: baseball because uh, Dominguez, <laughs> the closer for the Phillies, after he got strike three swinging, he he does the little sleeping motion to the batter. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Oh, oh, oh.
3: I thought that was outlawed in the game. <laughs> oh man, the kids these days. Oh, that's all good. I like it. All right, fasters, et cetera, Post game show. We've had some people th- say uh, dreaming about bulls and, and, and whatnot. So why not? Here's the deal. There are uh, two bowl games that are the college football playoff, the Peach and the Fiesta. Those are both on New Year's Eve, and presumably Ohio State will be in one of them um, uh, as as a Big Ten representative. Then you have the selection committee bowls, in which two of them, uh, two or three could have bowl, could have Big Ten teams. The Rose and the Cotton are on January 2nd. Sugar is on December 31st. The Orange Bowl is on December 30th. They're spreading them out. And then you have your other um, uh, sort of higher-end bowls that could involve the Big Ten, the Citrus and the ReliaQuest Bowl. That used to be the Outback Bowl, the Citrus in Orlando, ReliaQuest in Tampa. The Music City Bowl is in Nashville. That's against an SEC team. And then the Gator Bowl, against uh, an SEC team, has has a Big Ten team. Pinstripe as well. I'm feeling citrus on January 2nd in Orlando. There
4: were representatives from the Citrus Bowl here today uh, in the press box. Same with the Cheez-It Bowl. So a little context for you there. The
3: Cheez-It Bowl, I don't remember where that's played, but that's an ACC versus Big 12 according to what I'm looking at, but maybe not. Uh, The Pinstripe Bowl is also on December 29th. That's an ACC Big Ten matchup. But according to this rundown, I'm looking at cheez it as ACC and Big 12. Nonetheless, why would they be here if it wasn't a possibility for a Big Ten team?
5: I, I thought I found my calling, but could you imagine being a, a bowl game scout? You know, what what do you do for a living? Eh, I scout bowl games. You know, scout I mean, teams w- that I want. Yeah, to you know, yeah, yeah what, what kind of a, a job is that? No, Joey Joey and I were kind of breaking it down. Uh, essentially, you've got you've got to run the table including beat Ohio State or whoever comes out of the East in the Big Ten Championship to end up in the college football playoff. Outside of that, the bowl games really don't matter. But if we are going to go in there, you've got to beat Michigan in order to get into the Rose Bowl. And if you don't get into the Rose Bowl, then they really don't matter. So I I, I have no no pick for you. (laughs) They don't, right? Right? Am I? Am I? Uh, am, they am are I exi- They
3: are to an extent. They are exhibition games.
5: Yeah. No bonuses except for like a swag bag. You know,
4: like or cheezits or 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 a
5: or bath in mayo. And... <laughs> yeah.
4: No lord. Um. I. I will say that I think. I think just from the f- the fan perspective, I- in an odd way, would would the fans love to go to the college football playoff? Sure. Absolutely, they would. Um. But. I think that from just an excitement uh, standpoint, the Rose Bowl seems like it would get more people there. Because it's like, I mean, it's the granddaddy of them all. Um, Everybody, we've been to the Rose Bowl, I think, twice in the last 70 years. uh, may, maybe three times excuse well, me well
3: i i but, but i I I'm, uh, I I'm just saying historical context yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. rose bowl just means a lot uh that being said i think that there's a strong chance we end up at depending on how things go if we don't go 10 and uh, 11 and 2 or 10 and 3 um we we could go i, I know we I know. could go 10 and 3 and I just know. be like all right well that kind of makes sense um should have been should have been 11 and 2 you could say that i think that if you do go 10 and 3 you do end up go, going to the rose bowl um but i think that just from a sheer scheduling perspective so you're saying 10 and 2 in the regular season and then lose in the, in the in the big 10 championship in theory yes um but i think citrus or music city bowl just because relatively speaking nashville is not a difficult drive to make uh for the fan base uh especially uh, amongst Central Illinoisans. Um that's a it's a six hour drive, and if you're from Chicago, it's a an eight nine hour drive, which isn't great. Through scenic
5: cornfields, there are worse things that have can be corn. done. Uh,
4: but wouldn't you?
3: Okay, in the in the in that scenario, Illinois goes ten and three, and let's say the only other loss before the championship game is Michigan, and let's say Michigan's only loss is Ohio State. And then, so Michigan misses out on Indy, but their one loss is Ohio State. I think Michigan goes to the Rose Bowl. Oh, yeah. most definitely.
4: Yeah. But yeah. there is a there is a context in which both Michigan and Ohio State make the college football playoff, just if they continue to play the way that they have, and then um, they they I, play I, a close game at the end of the, at the end of the year. I, I mean, Alabama. Right, with The projections we're looking at right now have both Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, this is coming there's, today. There's, yeah. there's precedence. TV, um, TV
5: would love to put an undefeated USC in there. <laughs> and if don't...
4: Alabama loses today, maybe they somehow miss out. Then you have to deal with Tennessee, but that's neither here nor there. All right. So, <laughs> Bull Talk! So, you're calling Rose? <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I don't have a baby on the way, so I'm not going <laughs> to name my child Rose. Uh, but... Uh, I, I don't know. I think Citrus uh, I, I would be happy with any 8 and 4, 9 and 3, uh 10 and 3 bowl game, whether that's Citrus uh Cheese it. <laughs> I don't care. I just want to go it, to a it, good it, bowl game, nice and warm, a non-Detroit bowl. Hey, if if we can just go to the ro- if we can go to the Rose Bowl, I'm down for it. That's all I'm saying. All right. I think we'll leave it at that. There we go. There's our our projections. <laughs> I'm going
3: with Citrus. <laughs> Uh, that's what I'm.
5: College doing. football playoff or bus, baby. <laughs> Citrus or music. <laughs> Evan's
3: like, we're going to not play <laughs> unless it is the CFP. <laughs> We've had a good day. We appreciate everyone that's been a part of our coverage from start to finish. Ed Bonds, our engineer. Joey Wright has been uh, screening and contributing on scoreboards and uh, doing a lot of social media coverage today as well. My partners are Evan Kahn and Michael Martin. I'm Scott Beatty. Our general manager is Grant Thompson. And Illinois has defeated Minnesota 26-14. Illinois, six wins and one loss now on the season. No show, no game next Saturday. We'll talk to you in two Saturdays. Illinois against Nebraska. Kickoff time to be determined, just like the bowl location. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. Enjoy a week off as well. We appreciate you being with us. So long.
7: The preceding program was an exclusive presentation of News Talk 939 FM WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 FM WHMS Champaign-Urbana Champaign Multimedia Group Stations.